Dr. Arthur Perry, he's one of the top plastic surgeons. He's got offices in Manhattan, New Jersey. You know, and he's been doing a show here on WOR for years and years and years. Very uh, popular show and a great plastic surgeon. Everybody has questions on this subject, so uh, he's the guy to ask. Dr. Arthur Perry. No, the public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. And I went to his office, and I said, mm. I said, look at my face. He goes, yeah, look at your face. We're going to do with your face. What can you do with his face? I go like that. I swear to God. I go, look at this. I'm getting old. I said, I want to maybe could fix it up a little bit. Dr. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur, and I want to again applaud you, having worked with you on a book and numerous other activities. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. Remarkable knowledge, but also your grace at delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That means you're smart. As a really, really gifted physician, uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. And welcome. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And I hope you're all having a wonderful spring weekend, almost summer. And uh, I am. We're uh, out at the Hamptons broadcasting live this weekend and uh, taking your phone calls. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon, host of this show for a long, long time now. And I hope you've been listening every week religiously, as I know many of you are and many of my patients are. So uh, we're here to answer your questions. 800-321-0710 is the phone number at WOR. Give us a call. Ask me the questions that have been keeping you up at night. You know what they are. You know, how about uh, maybe you see those wrinkles uh, in the upper part of your face for the very first time. You haven't seen them before and you're wondering, well, what is it that I can use to help me get rid of those wrinkles? Is it Botox? Is it uh, maybe that wrinkle filler? Maybe a laser? Or, or do I actually need a facelift at this point? Well, this is the, this is the show to answer all those questions. And that's what I do. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon. That's I fill wrinkles. I lift faces. I make breasts larger. I do tummy tucks and liposuction. That's what I do all day long, and I'm happy to uh, take my Saturday to answer your phone calls. So give me a call. We're going to be giving away bottles of daytime. Daytime is it's actually called Beauty in a Bottle Daytime now. It's an SPF 20 sunscreen. It's got zinc oxide in it, niacinamide, all the things to protect your skin. And I've left out the things that don't work, and I've left out the endocrine disruptors. Those are the things that can hurt your hormones. You know that a lot of the sunscreens, in fact, most of them, contain endocrine disruptors that affect your estrogen. Uh, they can possibly, I can make an argument that they lead to breast cancer. I can make an argument that they lead to uh, early menstruation in little girls and maybe a low sperm count in boys. It's really true. If you follow the literature on this subject, it's actually scary. And the FDA has raised its concern, and they're saying now that the only safe sunscreens, the ones that they agree are perfectly safe, are zinc oxide and titanium dioxide. The reason I like zinc oxide is because it has the broadest spectrum of all the sunscreens, and it also isn't as white as the titanium dioxide. So, so that is uh, why we do it. You know, it's a funny story. Uh, I'll be I'll be honest. I made a sunscreen years ago for uh, New Vitality. You might remember my daytime, and I can I put I put zinc oxide and titanium dioxide in it, and. Uh, Mehmet Oz was out on the tennis court. I gave him some early uh, early sunscreen. He was out on the tennis court with this, and he called me up. He said, this stuff's horrible. It caused me to be white after I sweated after the tennis. 
And, uh, you know, these are the things you learn after the fact because uh, theoretically it should have been just fine, but titanium dioxide, when it combines with the salt of sweat, actually can whiten you. So it was a costly uh, lesson for me and new vitality, but we reformulated, removed the titanium dioxide, and now we only had zinc oxide. And the successor product is my daytime, uh, which is uh, similar to to the uh, day skin as the old product that you might know. All right, tonight we're going to be talking about you. We're going to talk about uh, about your wrinkles, and we're going to talk about filler, wrinkle filler, and uh, we're going to talk about chin implants that I did uh, in the last week with uh, with the uh, with wrinkle filler. I'm going to talk about lasering and the technique that I use to uh, to laser. So, uh, you know, the, the interesting thing about wrinkle filler is uh, it is deceptively simple, isn't it? You know, so many people do wrinkle fillers. Uh, uh, you know, we're going to talk about that during the show, and, uh, and we'll talk about maybe different techniques and, uh, and what is new in wrinkle filling. But let's start with the discussion of lasering, because lasering has increased in my practice significantly. You know, the, the CO2, which is a carbon dioxide laser, is not a new machine. And in fact, I started uh, doing the, uh, the CO2 laser, oh my goodness, uh, 1995, I believe, 1995. And it was a, a pretty aggressive lasering procedure. And between 1995 and 2005, I did many, many, many hundreds, thousands maybe, of the, uh, the lasers. And the way we did it was kind of remove the skin doesn't sound too good, does it? We remove the skin with the laser of the face, and I let you heal. And I let you heal over the course of a week or two weeks. And why do we do that? Well, the laser, by removing the skin, incited a shrinking of the skin, and it caused you to make more collagen. Both of those are good if you've got extra wrinkles on your face. So if you look at your face and you're 60 years old, uh, you know you've got a bunch of wrinkles. You have, have them around your mouth. You have them on your cheeks, your forehead, around your eyes. And, uh, and certainly it's you know, something that is troubling to so many people. So, again, there are lots of different approaches, but one of the nice approaches has been the laser. So between 95 and 2005, I did all these lasers, and you know they were so effective. They really did change your appearance. They reduced wrinkles. And I have patients to this day that still look so much better from the laser that I did in 1995 or the year 2000. The problem with that laser is that most people, although they like the result, say that they would never have that procedure again because I went so deep that we had to use either general anesthesia or anesthesia with sedation, local anesthesia with sedation, and then we went ahead and did the procedure, and for about one to two weeks, you were fairly miserable. You really were. You had a wound on your face, and with the wound on your face, you, uh, you, know, you had to dress it, you couldn't go out, you had swelling, and there was a potential for infection. But the result was worth it. But if you ask any of those women that I did those procedures on, they would say they would do it again, but they'd never do it again. And what they meant was it was worth it, but no, no. If they wrinkles recurred, they would not do it a second time. So we pretty much abandoned that laser around 2005, coincident with the, the surging uh, popularity of wrinkle fillers, the hyaluronic wrinkle fillers, uh, things like Restylane and Juvederm became very popular around that time, and they kind of put the, uh, the lid on the laser procedures. 
Now, the, the wrinkle fillers, I do so many of. There's hardly a day that goes by that I don't do wrinkle fillers. And they're very, very valuable. They're valuable to you. They're valuable to my practice. But the problem is wrinkle fillers can only go so far also. They, uh, they have limited ability to fill the really, really fine crosshatch wrinkles of your cheeks and of your chin. And, and if you're 60, if you're 65, if you're 70, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've got those wrinkles. They're troubling. Uh, they're a nuisance to you, and wrinkle filler just can't do it. We don't want to go back to that old uh, ablative uh, CO2 carbon dioxide laser, but in came what's called the fractionated laser. Now, there was a brand called the Fraxel. Fraxel, a lot of people know that name, but that's just a brand of the laser, like Kleenex is a brand of tissues, like Botox is a brand of botulinum toxin. So the Fraxel laser or the fractionated CO2 lasers came in, and they were different. They didn't remove all the skin. What they did was they actually drilled little tiny holes in the skin, deep holes. And you say, oh, this, this sounds absolutely terrible. Why would I want to do anything like that? Because when we do that, we incite the age-old reaction of your body to injury, to heat injury. So it doesn't matter whether you were burned by a fire or a very fancy laser, you're going to shrink your skin and you're going to genera generate new collagen. And so when we do that, when we do that, we actually shrink the skin as we do. We consume wrinkles, we smooth the skin, and we thicken the skin. And that's a nice thing. Now, as it turns out, the fractionated laser we can, we can use very, very superficially. So I can do basically a facial with it. Just exfoliate the skin if I go very, very superficially or I could remove the skin as deep as the old lasers. And everything in between, it's infinitely variable. And this is where the skills of the plastic surgeon or the dermatologist really come in uh, because there is so much variability in the laser. One laser for you is not the same laser I would do for your sister or your cousin or your friend. So we need to look at you very carefully. But what I've found as I've done more and more of the fractionated lasers Yes, the, the goal was initially, you know, let's do a pretty light laser and improve the wrinkles somewhat, but leave it so that you healed in maybe four, five, or six days and, and just went about your business, had an effect, but came back a month or two later and had another procedure and then one, maybe a third one after that. And by the time we did three or so of those procedures, you had a pretty nice result and a lot of your wrinkles were gone. But most of my patients tell me, you know what? It's, it's really not something I want to do. Come back over and over. Can you not do the fractionated laser kind of a little deeper? And so I call this the hybrid. It gets really uh, interesting, right? It's the hybrid fractionated laser, what I've developed in my practice, where I go deeper and deeper now. And, uh, and yes, if we go deeper, you do take longer to heal. But I found that most of my patients would rather take the time to heal over maybe eight days or 10 days, but not have to come back for another procedure and also have a very nice result and much wrinkle reduction. So when we come back from our break, we're going to talk more about the fractionated CO2 laser and how I do it and the way I've changed it so that it really doesn't hurt like it used to. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is WOR's What's Your Wrinkle? 800-321-0710 is the phone number. 800-321-0710. We'll be back after these words. Did you know that most skincare is useless, even fraudulent, and often toxic? 
I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. I needed great skin care for my patients, but really could not find products that dramatically improve skin health. So I went to the books, and I created a line of skin care that reduces the appearance of wrinkles and truly rejuvenates skin. I want everyone to try my products, and so for a limited time, I'm offering my Beauty in a Bottle Nighttime Serum at a great price. Normally, this is $65, but for WOR listeners, it's $40 plus shipping. Nighttime contains vitamins C and A, fruit acids, antioxidants, and skin brighteners. That's all you need for beautiful skin. It's so simple that your friends and relatives will be asking you, what are you doing to look so good? Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or give us a call at 844-DR-PERRY. Use the WOR20 code for the discount. To learn more, listen every Saturday evening, 6 p.m., right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And the phone number, 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. We've got Susan on the line. What can I do for you, Susan? What's your wrinkle? Hi. My question is I'm seeing all sorts of pop-up stores um, in Manhattan that do um, injectable shots by physician's assistants. What's the difference between a plastic surgeon doing it and a physician's assistant? Oh, that's that's a great question, Susan. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for calling. All right. So, you know, there's a pretty big difference between a physician's assistant and a plastic surgeon. I've been talking about this on the show for a long time. So let's let's talk for a minute about how a plastic surgeon gets his training or her training, because about certainly about almost half of uh, the new plastic surgeons coming out are women now. It's uh, it's a field like veterinary medicine and even dentistry that was dominated by men until a few years ago, and now there's an awful lot of women. So a plastic surgeon goes to college, of course, four years of college and four years of medical school, and then it's a six-year residency in plastic surgery to learn the art and science of plastic surgery. And it's, it's a long process before someone is able to go out and actually do work on their own patients. That's a uh, that's a plastic surgeon. For a physician's assistant, well, usually they require an undergraduate degree to get in a physician physician's assistant program. And I know in the state of New Jersey, it's a uh, I think the programs are three years. They're master's programs, and then they go out and they get a job with a pediatrician or a gynecologist or a plastic surgeon, and that particular doctor will teach. The, the physician's assistant what they do. So they might be taking out stitches. That was really the intent of physician's assistants, by the way, to be an extender to the physician, to take out stitches, to take temperatures of patients, to uh, to uh, maybe do wound dressings and things like that. But the uh, the field has evolved over the years, and, uh, and they're doing more and more. And so with this uh, three-year master's program and an apprenticeship, some of them are doing what you said, Susan. They're going out and doing wrinkle fillers. So, so you know, it seems simple, doesn't it? Just, you know, we take some of this filler and we inject it and, you know, maybe we'll get a good result. Maybe we'll just plump up the lips. But just look around the Upper East Side of Manhattan and, and take a good look at the women walking around with lips that look like ducks, with with filler, so much filler in their cheek that they look like Schwarzenegger, which looks good on, good on Schwarzenegger, but I'm not sure it would look good on you, Susan. And, and distortion of the tissue. And beyond that, Susan, the artistry, which you, you can't train it in 
uh, you know, a simple program, an apprenticeship with a uh, just a general uh, education. It takes an awful long time to become a plastic surgeon and to develop the artistry of plastic surgery. It's a very, uh, a very sophisticated field, obviously. But what can also happen with the injection of fillers requires a great understanding of anatomy. So we think it's so simple, but there have been now, just in the last couple of years, two years I believe, there have been 50 more cases of blindness from injecting wrinkle filler. And the areas that, uh, that blindness can occur are you know, injecting between the brows. I talk about that all the time. That's a forbidden zone. But also the nose. You know, the, the liquid rhinoplasty is something that is uh, becoming more and more popular, injecting this filler into the nose, but that is one of the most dangerous places in the body to inject filler. So when, when someone with not as much training, not as much understanding of anatomy, not as much understanding of the surgical implications of what they're doing, you know, a plastic surgeon has operated on all the areas we do injections on. We know exactly where the blood vessels are. We know exactly where to inject and how to get a good result. Someone who is doing it maybe with a little bit of training by that doctor and working independently, it scares me a lot. You know, the... the the, the best thing that can happen is a poor cosmetic result. The worst thing that can happen is blindness, stroke, or other disaster. So, you know, I'm really in favor of as much education as possible, not as little. And I think if, uh, if you're paying a lot of money, which these fillers are, and whether it's a, a physician's assistant, nurse practitioner, dermatologist, plastic surgeon, emergency room doctor who's doing this, whether it's any of those those different individuals, you're going to be paying a lot of money. So don't you, Susan, want the best educated and most artistic person to do your surgery? Absolutely. Well, I'm glad I convinced you. <laughs> and, you know, it is, it is so important. And, and we, we talk about this. You know, there's a, there's a creep in medicine, and particularly in plastic surgery, of, of a lot of doctors who want to do what we in plastic surgery do. And there's a reason for that. It's obviously a field that is not covered by insurance. It's obviously a, you know, a fairly lucrative field for the plastic surgeons that are in it. And so it's human nature when you're struggling as a gynecologist or, or struggling. And it's, it's a sad statement, by the way. I, don't, I know vascular surgeons that take a two-hour course and inject Botox. I mean, it's pathetic. It's, 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 it's a statement not only about the doctor, but about what's happened in society that we're not rewarding those doctors enough to keep them in the field of their training. And it's really very sad. And it's a, it's a symptoms, symptom of what is going on, unfortunately, in medicine. But the answer is you don't just uh, you know, take a two-hour course in Botox and a, a four-hour course in how to inject uh, wrinkle filler and make everyone look like a duck in Manhattan. Gotcha. I guess I should go to a plastic surgeon. Well, that's kind of what I recommend. <laughs> All right. Listen, thank you so much for the phone call, Susan, and, uh, and good luck to you. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon. Thank you, Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And, uh, you know, fillers are so deceptively uh, simple, right? I mean, that, that there was a study that was just published in the journal Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery. It was a few months ago, and they, and they looked exactly at this topic. They, uh, they did a, a literature search over a two-year period, and they found 50 reports of blindness. Can you imagine that, going into the doctor for a cosmetic procedure and coming out blind? And, and it happens. It happens. Uh, you know, 35% of those cases were nose injections, and the rest were scattered all over 
the uh, the face. Uh, none, interestingly, were in the chin, and none were in the temple. But elsewhere, all over the face, there were cases of blindness. Which is a great segue to tell you about a procedure that I did last week. I did a chin augmentation with a wrinkle filler called Radius. That's R-A-D-I-E-S-S-E, -S -S -E, Radius. Radius is called, it's, it's actually calcium hydroxyl apatite. It's a building block of bone. And way back when I was resident in the 1980s in the University of Chicago, we used to use this material this calcium hydroxyl appetite when when someone had what we call a defect in the bone so if someone had a hole oh my goodness in their skull for instance if they had a a burr hole you know it gets technical but there are reasons why in surgery we need to drill through the bone and then you're left with this depression so we used to take this slurry of calcium hydroxyl appetite and after the surgical procedure put it in the defect put it in the depression of bone and lo and behold, what happened is the cells that make bone drift into that calcium hydroxyl appetite, appetite and they create bone. So then they came out with radius, which is that material. So it's in a syringe now, and it's used for wrinkle filling in various locations. And I've done a lot of it over the years. Uh, it's fallen a little bit out of favor by me in places like the nasolabial fold or the marionette lines where I used to use it exclusively. Uh, and the reason it's fallen out of favor is because there is a tendency, it's not a high tendency, but I probably had about seven or so lumps over uh, maybe a thousand or so patients that I've injected radius in, which is much, much higher than my rate with hyaluronic acid, which are things like Restylane and Juvederm and others. So those fillers have a very low chance of a lump, and radius has a higher chance. But it's still, you know, certainly a lot less than 1%, but when you get a lump, that's not a good thing. But there are some areas that radius works so well, and one of those is to non-surgically do a chin augmentation. So back in the old days, which are still going on, I would, uh, if you wanted a chin augmentation, if you had a small chin, and the technical term for that is called microgenia. I'd like to give you the, the technical terms. It's good for the cocktail parties that are now opening up. You know, around Manhattan, we've been in the pandemic so, uh, so long, I haven't given you, given you my cocktail party conversation, but microgenia, that's a small chin. You can uh, use that tonight. So uh, we would traditionally make an incision under the chin under local anesthesia or local anesthesia with sedation, and some people just want general anesthesia. So we go ahead and make that incision, and I would lift the skin and muscle off of the bone. Those of you who are squeamish, turn the radio off. We don't want to see anyone hit the ground, right? All right, so, so we go ahead and lift the skin up and create what's called a pocket, a place that the silicone implant, the used to be a sil silicone gel implant, just like the breast implants, but not anymore. It's a silicone rubber implant. And we place it in a very tight pocket so that it doesn't move. Some people place a stitch through it, but we don't really have to do that. And we put the skin back, and it stays there. And it advances a small chin, gives you a stronger chin. You know, you know what they say, a weak chin. You know, uh, and it makes a, a weak chin looks a look makes a large nose look even larger. So if you have a larger chin, you balance out your nose. And often with a rhinoplasty, which is a nasal reduction, usually procedure. I will do a chin implant at the same operation. I'll take that silicone piece of material. Sometimes we actually carve it 
we carve it. That's a, a, an art in plastic surgery. We take a block of silicone and we carve it to be the exact shape because not everybody has the same shape chin, obviously, and some people have asymmetry. One side of their chin is a little bigger than the other, and so we custom make that implant. And again, that's in the training. It's what we do as plastic surgeons. But usually we'll take one off the shelf and we'll make measurements beforehand and we'll put one uh, in the uh, little pocket, close the skin, and lo and behold, you have a bigger chin. And it balances out your nose and it's a nice thing. But a lot of people, they don't want surgery. I can't figure that out because I love operating. And most plastics, in fact, every plastic surgeon loves to operate. But, but you don't. You, you might not want to go into the operating room. You might want to have, not have the risk of a piece of silicone in your body. And you might not want to have the risk of surgery at all. Or you might not want the time that you have to take off. Even for a chin implant, you have to take some time off. Although with masks now, not really. You just cover with a mask. I know we're, we're unmasking in droves. You know, I guess the, the rule in New Jersey and New York, it's about to end, if not has ended in some places where you don't need a mask. Well, it's good, though, if you're having cosmetic surgery. If you're having a chin implant, if you're having filler, not, not a bad thing to have a mask on. I, I gave one of those huge masks to one of my patients uh, last week uh, because I wanted her to cover her face. So uh, that, was, uh, that was kind of fun. But, all right, we do, the, uh, we do the silicone chin implant, but if you don't want the surgery, now we have these wrinkle fillers. So this week I injected radius into the chin, and I was able to advance the chin that means bring it forward several millimeters to balance her nose. I had done a rhinoplasty a couple of years ago on her, and she didn't want a chin implant at that time, but realized afterwards that it would have been an important part of her surgery. So instead of going back to the operating room, I numbed up her chin and put one cc, one syringe of radius. Now, it's interesting because she got a great result. And, in fact, I posted it on Facebook this week. You can go on my Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Dr. Arthur Perry. And you can look at her pictures of the person I'm talking about. But, but you know, if you want a big augmentation, if you really need a lot of material in there, it's not the best thing to put a lot. And as it turns out, there was a publication in our journal uh, just a short while ago, and they looked at... Uh, people that had anywhere from one to four cc's, that's one to four syringes of material injected into the chin. And it turned out that if we went above one cc, we actually put a lot of pressure on the bone. And the bone, a lot of you think of bone as, you know, like a piece of wood. It's there, it's not going to change. But as it turns out, if you put pressure on bone, it indents over time. And so, the difference between putting a chin implant on the bone and a big one and putting some filler in is that we have not made a space for the filler. We're injecting filler under pressure. And the pressure of that filler can actually indent the bone, and we then lose a lot of the benefit of the filler. So that's what happens if you go over 1 cc. If we just do 1 cc, one syringe at a time, then we don't get that resorption or change in the bone. So the answer is if you do not want surgery but you need a large augmentation of your chin, well, then you do it over time. You, uh, you do a CC this month, and then you come back one or two months later, and you do a little bit more. The skin has stretched out, and it can accommodate it, and we don't get that resorption of the bone. And one of the nice things about radius is when I inject it into, let's say, the marionette lines, it goes away in a year, year and a half maybe. But when it touches bone, 
it becomes bone. It's almost magical. It really does because it gets populated by the cells that make bone. And when we inject radius into the chin, not all the time, but sometimes it has a permanent effect. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. We're going to take a short break. Michelle, stay on the line. We'll get to your call right after these words. Ladies, are you looking older than you feel? I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Aging is inevitable. We all know that, but I can help you age gracefully. I start with Botox to lessen frown lines, and I use the new Restylane Kiss. What a great name! To, well, you know, give you more kissable lips. No duck lips here. And I smooth the jawline and plump marionette lines with Juvederm. We might remove unsightly blemishes or even reduce splotchiness and rejuvenate the skin with a chemical or laser peel. Or I can thicken crepey skin with Althera. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scar face and neck lifts. Let's sit down in my Somerset, New Jersey or Beverly Hills offices for an hour consultation and come up with a plan to help you look better. Give me a call at 8 833-PERRY-MD. That's 833-P-E-R-R-Y-M-D. Check me out on the web at perryplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. This evening, we are broadcasting live for the Hamptons. First time we've done that. We've been all over the world. We broadcast from Italy, from France, from England. Of course, a lot of shows come out of Beverly Hills and New Jersey in the, uh, in the uh, underground uh, bunker, right, like uh, Mark says. All right, but tonight we're in the Hamptons. Michelle, what can I do for you? What is your wrinkle? Hi. Well, first, I'm jealous that you're in the Hamptons. <laughs> um, yeah, I just had a question on how do you get rid of wrinkles above your lip? Okay. Michelle, where do you live? Uh, Long Island. Okay. Well, so you're close to the Hamptons. Why not? All right. So how old are you? Uh, 48. You had to think about that. You had to think about that. Okay, so you're 48. Were you a smoker? No, but working remote, I started doing this weird concentrated look where I, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just making, like, a strange faces. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> all right, so you make strange faces and you have wrinkles. Now, tell me about the wrinkles around your lips. Are they? Do they come mm-hmm. out like spokes of a wheel, or are they nasolabial folds? You know, the uh, the wrinkles between the corner of the nose and the corner of the mouth. What are they like? No, they're just like two indents. Like you get on a smile line, it's like two little indents. Uh, on the top lip, I'm trying yeah. to envision it. Okay, all right, and and that's so like, common. You know, when you're... you turn your What's you know, that? When you turn your mouth to the side, like if you're concentrating, you like make a. Well, you why, all mean? right, come close to the radio and show me. I wish, you know, you almost could do that pretty soon. All right, all right. So, so Michelle, so common. You're 48 years old, and, uh, you know, we, it's a downhill slide from age 30 on. It really is because age 30 on, we lose 1% of the thickness of our skin every year. 1% of the collagen, 1%, that's the structural layer of our skin, 1% of the yeah. elastic fibers, 1% of the hyaluronic acid that keeps our skin moist. And by the time you're 48, so you've lost 18%. Now, you live on Long Island. Do you go to the beach all the time? No, almost not that much. Did you when you were a kid? Yes. Yeah. Well, your body never forgets. 
you know, it's a cumulative effect. Sun damage is, and you'll accelerate that um, if you uh, if you were a beach goer. You know, if you sat out there without protection, which so many people do. You know, it, it was cloudy today, but I think the sun will be out tomorrow. It's going to be cold tomorrow, so not too many people at the beach. But all right, Michelle, here's the deal. We get wrinkles as we get older, and we treat them differently on different parts of the face. The ones around the mouth are the most difficult ones to treat. They really are, because they're caused by a corrugation of the circular muscle around the mouth. The way you can grasp a straw with your, with your lips, the way you can kiss with your lips, the way you can chew and eat is because the muscle that surrounds your mouth is a circular muscle. In fact, it's called the orbicularis, which means around, orus, the mouth. This, the muscle around the mouth. That's what it's called. So when you shrink, when you, when you contract the muscle, rather, you corrugate the skin. That means it kind of rumples over. But when you're 14 years old, it just kind of rumples and goes back. But if you do it enough, as you've done by age 48, and it's a downhill slide from there, by the way, uh, the skin will actually crack. And if we were to look under the microscope at the chin, the, this skin, there's a crack in the dermis, which is the bottom layer of skin. So what happens? You know, you get a wrinkle, you put lipstick on, and you get lipstick bleed. Is it bleeding along that, by the way, Michelle? Um, well, I don't wear lipstick a lot now. <laughs> okay. If <laughs> you put lipstick on, if you put lipstick on often, it will track along those wrinkles. And I've had patients who have had such wrinkles that it, it goes out a whole half an inch from the mouth. So these wrinkles eventually will spread like spokes of a wheel around your mouth and you'll look at these and you'll say oh my god you know it's like one you know two this year and four next year and 12 the year after and what do you do right well there's yep. a lot of things we can do as plastic surgeons and wrinkle filler is one of the great things and it has changed my treatment dramatically I used to do things like deep chemical peels those deep lasers that I just talked about on the show dermabrasion yep. dermabrasion which is a sanding of the skin because all those techniques cause you to heal. And when we heal, we shrink and we generate more collagen. So it works. But as it turns out, the wrinkle filler, injecting hyaluronic acid, which is my preferred wrinkle filler around the mouth, uh, when we inject right into those wrinkles, I can often make them disappear. Now, sometimes, I mean, if they're really deep, they're not going to dis disappear in one treatment. And I'll tell you in a consultation, is it going to take one visit or two or maybe even three? Or maybe they'll not go away at all, but they'll just look better. And it depends on how meticulous you are and what you want to look like. But what I do is not only fill the radial wrinkles around the lips. This is very important. As you get older, if you feel, if you run your finger from your nose onto your lip, if you're 48, you might not feel a little ridge as you enter the red of your lip. Go ahead and do it right now. Do you feel a ridge? No. Yeah, you probably don't. But if you have a daughter who is 25 or 15 and you run your finger along her lip, she will have a very nice ridge, and that's called the vermilion border of the lip. That's the junction between the white skin of the lip or the dark skin if you're darker skin and the red of the lip so that's the vermilion border that vermilion border is a ridge when you're younger and it flattens you lose the collagen in that ridge and that accelerates dramatically the development of those wrinkles those radial wrinkles around the lips so when that border goes 
then you really corrugate the skin, and it's a it's a an accelerated wrinkle course. So once you get those, it's not like you're going to get one a year or two a year. It's just you know they come like full force. So what do we do? Wow. We well I I numb you up first. It's very important to numb people up. A lot of plastic surgeons, a lot of dermatologists, and heaven forbid others that do these procedures, do not numb you up. They just rely on something called Emla cream. Emla is an anesthetic cream that you put on the surface of the skin. Yeah, it helps a little bit, but it doesn't help a lot. The way I do wrinkle filler is I will inject you. You know, you might have just those two little uh, wrinkles, but I'll bet you have more if I take a look really closely. And I'll inject those wrinkles, and then I'll inject the vermilion border, the borders of the lips, so that we do not develop the wrinkles as fast. And then I will inject a little ridge between the inside of your nose this skin between your nostrils, that's called the columella, which in Latin means little column, right? That's what it is. So there's a ridge when you're 14, and there's a ridge when you're 30 between the inside of your nose and the top of your cupid's bow of your lips. So if you're driving, don't look in the mirror right now. But if you're younger, you have that ridge. And no one's ever come to me at age 60 and said, Dr. Perry, I've lost my filtral ridge Please put it back because that's a, uh, a mark of youth, right? No one's ever said that because no one really realizes that's going away. It's such a gradual process. And most people don't realize that it's an important part of looking young. But I realize that. In fact, I wrote a paper on it, which uh, I'm waiting to get published. And uh, that, uh, that what I do is I, re I return the filtral ridge, the little ridge. And it's a, it's a subtle ridge. You can hardly see it. But when it's there, it makes a big difference because it makes your upper lip look shorter and it also makes your upper lip lip look more beautiful so I put that ridge back I put the vermilion border back I fill those wrinkles around your lips and then we go to the folds so do you have nasolabial folds between the uh, corner of the nose and the corner of the mouth uh, yeah yeah you probably do because you're 48 and you have not yeah. only the fold but you probably have a wrinkle so that fold is sort of like the Grand Canyon have you ever been to the Grand Canyon Okay, so have you have you been able to see the Colorado River on the bottom of the Grand Canyon? Mm, I don't remember. It was it's like the all 90s. the way. It created the Grand Canyon. It's this little tiny river on the bottom. Well, the Colorado River is the fine wrinkle in your nasolabial fold, but the Grand Canyon is the fold, and we treat those differently. We treat the Colorado River different than the uh, Grand Canyon. We have to fill the fine wrinkle with a very liquidy type of wrinkle filler. As I fill those, uh, the little wrinkles, the radial wrinkles around the lip, and as I fill those filtral ridges and the border of your lip, and if your lip is getting a little bit small, as it often does when you get older, I'll put a little tiny bit of filler in the lip because most mature women, now I'm not saying emotionally mature, I'm talking about women over the age of about 40, don't want their lips much bigger. They just want them restored to what they looked like when you were 30 before they started getting Correct. small. So your top lip, I'll bet you, I'll bet you the top, your top lip is a little bit what's called concave. That means it kind of goes in a bit. And if you looked at it 20 years ago, it was a little bit convex, which means it kind of went out a bit. By the way, I'm having this discussion about the aesthetics of the lip. I'm a plastic surgeon, and it goes back to the question from Susan earlier during the show where we talk about you know, someone that 
did not formally train in plastic surgery and understands all these nuances of filling and all the things I'm talking about. This is not a simple subject. It's simple if you want to just, you know, blow some stuff into your lip there and look like a duck. It's not simple if you want to look good and if you want to look beautiful and be restored in a way where your friends and relatives won't look at you. You know, I've got that commercial, but it's really true. You know, you don't want people to say, what do you do? Yeah, you want people to say, you look so nice. You know, you really do. That's what that's yep. what you want. So you don't want that. So anyway, back to the nasolabial fold. We put filler of two different thicknesses in the nasolabial fold. One is very thin into that wrinkle, the fine wrinkle. But then we need something a little bit more robust to be able to lift the skin of the nasolabial fold. So we need something that is more viscous. That's the word. You know, something, you know, water is very slippery, right? But, uh, you know, honey is very viscous. So we want something more like honey and less like water for the nasolabial fold because we need to push up the fold. And the same thing for the marionette line. That's the line between the corner of the mouth and the bottom of the chin. So I fill those. And those are more difficult to fill. And you may or may not have those. Not everybody has those. But usually everybody has subtle, very subtle areas that I know in another six months or a year or two years will begin to show. You know, you, I can see it, but you might not see it because you're not, you're not looking exactly at the same thing. But what I want to do as a plastic surgeon is a comprehensive rejuvenation around the mouth. I want to fill the lines that are there, and I want to try and be a little bit preemptive with the filler to try and stall the development of new changes of aging. So I do that. If you've got any acne scars or chicken pox scars, we'll fill those also. And then if you look at your jawline, so go ahead, if you're not driving, look at your jawline and tell me, Michelle, do you have a jowl? Uh, I think so if I move my head back. Yeah, so you're 48. You're getting a jowl because everybody does right around there. You're right there. You're right there. <laughs> you're going to get it. If you don't have it this year, you're going to have it by the time you're 52. Uh, you'll have a little jowl. And what a jowl is, it's tissue from your cheeks that have has descended and has broken up the youthful appearance of your jawline. That's a jowl. That's what it is. And a facelift will lift the jowl on its own layer. But if you don't want a facelift and you're young, you don't want it, you want to just have filler, I can hide the jowl to a certain extent with filler by putting some filler between the chin and the jowl. So those are some of the things that I do. You know, the other thing I did this week, I injected earlobes with filler, and then I lasered earlobes, and we'll talk about that when we come back from our, from our break. Michelle, I hope I've helped you, and I hope uh, yeah, I've given you kind of an education about filler. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to come see you. <laughs> okay, I'd like to see you. All right, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. The phone number, 800-321-0710. We will be back after these words. Did you know that most skincare is useless, even fraudulent, and often toxic? I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. I needed great skincare for my patients, but really could not find products that dramatically improve skin health. So I went to the books and I created a line of skincare that reduces the appearance of wrinkles and truly rejuvenates skin. I want everyone to try my products, and so for a limited time, I'm offering my Beauty in a Bottle Nighttime Serum at a great price. Normally, this is $65, but for WOR listeners, it's $40 plus shipping. Nighttime contains vitamins C and A, fruit acids, antioxidants, and skin brighteners. 
That's all you need for beautiful skin. It's so simple that your friends and relatives will be asking you, what are you doing to look so good? Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or give us a call at 844-DR-PERRY. Use the WOR20 code for the discount. To learn more, listen every Saturday evening, 6 p.m., right here on WOR. Ladies, are you looking older than you feel? I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Aging is inevitable. We all know that, but I can help you age gracefully. I start with Botox to lessen frown lines, and I use the new Restylane Kiss. What a great name! To, well, you know, give you more kissable lips. No duck lips here. And I smooth the jawline and plump marionette lines with Juvederm. We might remove unsightly blemishes or even reduce splotchiness and rejuvenate the skin with a chemical or laser peel, or I can thicken crepey skin with Ulthera. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scar face and neck lifts. Let's sit down in my Somerset, New Jersey, or Beverly Hills offices for an hour consultation and come up with a plan to help you look better. Give me a call at 833-PERRY-MD. That's 833-P-E-R-R-Y-M-D. Check me out on the web at perryplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And uh, today we are uh, broadcasting live from the Hamptons. And, uh, yeah, yesterday I took a soul cycle class. And those of you who know me say, what on earth is Perry? <laughs> they put me in the back row, which was very, very important because you did not want to see me. Those of you who have done soul cycle, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a good workout. You know, you're up and down on this bicycle, uh, this uh, spinner thing. And uh, I sound like an amateur, right? But uh, I stayed in it the whole 45 or so minutes. And, uh you know, didn't collapse. I tell them to put the ambulance near the uh, near the uh, exit where I was. Okay. Anyway, it's been a lot of fun. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. 800-321-0710. So I started talking about earlobes. And, uh, yeah, I inject filler into earlobes. Because one of the things that happens as you get older, you know, you, you tend to put fat in places you don't want it, like your neck, right? You really do. Or maybe your outer thighs. And the fat where you do want it disappears, like your earlobes, like, uh, you know, maybe the middle of your cheeks that tend to get a little gaunt, or some women lose some volume in their breasts as they get older. Uh, you know, so it's just one of life's ironies, right? So when, uh, when you have earlobes that kind of shrink up, then you really see those wrinkles. So one of the things that I can do is inject hyaluronic acid, one of these fillers, into the little wrinkles of your earlobe. And not only that, not only that, I can inject it into the substance of the earlobe, not just the wrinkle. So we're actually making the earlobe, restoring it to what it was like before, and it becomes easier to put your earrings on. You know what I'm talking about. If you put earrings on and your earlobes are sort of shriveled up, then your earrings turn to the side to a little angle, right? So very simple to do. I numb up your ears, and that's real simple to do. Any board-certified plastic surgeon knows how to do an ear block. Very simple with the smallest amount of lidocaine. Gets your earlobe completely numb. You don't feel a thing. And then I go ahead, and in the same sitting, I will often do both the CO2 fractionated laser, like I did this week, and fill the wrinkles with hyaluronic acid and restore the volume of the earlobe. And voila, 
I'm telling you, right away, if you don't have the CO2 laser, and certainly within five days, if you do have the laser, your earlobes look 30 again, and it, it's really pretty remarkable because, honestly, five years ago, we were doing nothing to earlobes. You know, you just had to hide them behind your hair. But now you don't. Now you don't. So there's all these things that we're doing. And we're also, uh, you know, that upper part of the chest. We're getting into the bathing suit season now, right? So there's all these people on the beach, you know, not today, maybe tomorrow, I doubt it. But certainly during the week as the uh, temperature returns to the 70s and 80s, you'll be on the beach and a lot of women are very self-conscious about their bathing suits and they wear kind of bigger and bigger you know, bathing suits that cover more and more as they get older. And certainly, you know, we're not talking about fat, that is, uh, that is helped by liposuction, and it's still liposuction season, by the way. Until we get into about mid-July, people are uh, still having a lot of liposuction. But I'm talking about the sun damage that you acquire in the top of your chest, between your breasts and uh, underneath your collarbone. Now, you might call it the decolletage. I hate that word because it's a fashion word. But it's really the area, the triangular area, underneath your collarbones, right? as you uh, you know you wear a shirt like a v-neck and you see that area and in the middle of your upper chest you've got vertical wrinkle lines if you have had a lot of sun exposure like so many of you have uh, you've got these vertical wrinkle lines and as you move out to the sides they angle right you know what i'm talking about and when you move your arms in you see how those wrinkles are created because they're just simple wrinkle lines created by the pectoralis muscle as you pull in your arm and uh, you know over the course of years and years accelerated by sun damage you get all these wrinkles and you get spots on your chest and it becomes very embarrassing for a lot of women because they don't want to show those areas off and so you avoid going to the beach you avoid you know wearing the bathing suit that is more revealing but we have something for you now you know plastic surgeons are up at night thinking of all these new things and it's really very interesting so i do this whole upper chest rejuvenation now and, and again 10 years ago never five years ago uncommon but now it's very common so those lines i fill with the hyaluronic acid and i just go i sprinkle the material up and down all those little wrinkles and it just takes you know a half hour or so to do and uh, it depends on how many you have and then we'll use Althera in this area. Althera is high-energy focused ultrasound. It's one of the tools I've been using for, I guess, about 11 years now. And Althera, and I say tool, because all these things are just tools. Lasers are tools. Scalpels are tools. Althera is a tool. And even filler, you know, it's a tool. It really is. And it gets me a result that I want, a, uh, a particular result. So filling the wrinkles and then shrinking the wrinkles and generating new collagen with Althera. And Althera does work. And I do it differently than I do in the face because in the face, I'll do Althera in different levels and deeper levels. And I'll try to lift the jowl or lift the, far, lift the eyebrow with Althera. But on the chest, it's a very superficial treatment. It's almost like a laser, but without the risk of a laser. The problem with a laser in the upper chest, it's very dicey to use a laser. You know, I'll use it very carefully for some brown pigmentation spots, but I won't laser the entire area. And where I will laser, even superficially the neck and certainly deep on the face, but not so on the upper chest in that decolletage area because that is the area of the body that is most likely to scar. And if you get a scar in that location, forget it. You can't hide it. I mean, you hide it by not showing it. 
but there's no, you know, you have to wear turtlenecks. Uh, you'll have to wear cover-up forever. Uh, and it's likely, it's the most likely area of the body to get what's called a hypertrophic scar. So not just a scar, but a red ray scar or even a keloid. So we have to be so, so careful with the laser in that location. Your doctor really better have a lot of experience if they're going to laser up there. Because heaven forbid they go deep and you don't heal properly, it really can be a life changer. It really can. I mean, you know, we can't belittle the fact that you're going to hide for the rest of your life that area of your body. So Althera does not have that risk. It has a laser effect, but Althera goes through the skin and spares the top layer of skin. And it heats up the under layer of skin. And when it does that, it has, as I said, it, it kind of works just like the laser. It will shrink the skin and generate new collagen without any risk of scarring. So that's one of the great locations for the use of Althera, high-energy focused ultrasound. And we'll do that first. So we do that first, and then I inject the filler. And you get a real rejuvenation of the upper neck, uh, rather the upper chest area. And the reason I do it in that order is if I did inject the filler first, so if the person really doesn't think this out, and believe it or not, there are people I've heard stories like you can't believe. But if you inject the filler first and then use Althera, you can actually melt the filler and, and reduce its effectiveness or get rid of it completely. So we don't want to do that. You have to do it the right way. So two kind of interesting new areas to rejuvenate. You know, we think of all these things in plastic surgery, the earlobes, the earlobes, and then uh, the upper chest. Isn't that interesting? Well, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. 800-321-0710. So each week in my New Jersey office, and soon we'll be opening up, I've been promising you this, yes, that we'll open up our Manhattan office. I'm looking for office space. We closed it with COVID, but we're... Uh, we're opening up in Tribeca, but that's probably going to be about 10 months or so. So in the interim, I'll have an office, and I'll make the announcement on this show. And then my New York patients who can't get to New Jersey because it's on the other side of the river and not much exists uh, to, <laughs> to you on the other side of the river, well, then we'll have our place in Manhattan where you can go to. But every week, I inject Botox in the office. I inject fillers in the office. I do lasers. But where, what I really love to do is get into the operating room because I'm a trained surgeon. And, uh, you know, a lot of my field is non-surgical now. Uh, but certainly I do facelifts almost every week, and I love doing facelifts. And the facelift that I love to do is the short scar facelift. So next week, when we return at 6 o'clock on Saturday evening, it's going to be the short scar facelift show because a lot of my patients ask me, they, you know, I guess everybody doesn't listen every week. I don't know why. Uh, I talk about facelifts a lot. But we're going to go through all the pluses and minuses of the traditional facelift, the neck lift, the cheek lift, <laughs> you know, it gets very confusing, and the standard short scar facelift, uh, the two-layer facelift, the, the facelift at the level of the bone, the facelift that Joan Rivers used to have, which was just under the skin without lifting the second layer. There are so many different types of facelifts. If you are interested in a facelift, if you're interested in facial rejuvenation, next week is the show that you're really going to want to listen to. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This has been What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. If you're interested in the products, go to drperrys.com. That's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com. 
and uh, get on the mailing list, get on the email list, sign up on that website so that you can get notice of the uh, the different specials that we have. We're going to have probably weekly specials. We've kind of gotten away from that uh, during the last part of this pandemic, uh, but we're getting back by popular demand. Everybody wants a special. So get on the mailing list. Get on the emailing list. All right, Noah, thank you so much for great engineering. Don't forget, we, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dr. Arthur Perry. And, uh, and we also have the uh, product page on Facebook. And it's good to uh, stay abreast, no pun intended, of the things in plastic surgery by checking out periplasticsurgery.com, the website. Once again, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. Check me out during the week in the New Jersey office, 732 422-9600. That's 732-422-9600. Noah, thanks so much for great engineering. Everybody have a very safe week. And remember, sunscreen if the UV index is over three. Have a great week. Bye-bye now. <music>